What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another dope edition of Define Your Legacy. I'm your host, Theus Elijah McBee. All right, before we tap into today's episode, just want to shout out the online store of Define Legacy, which can be found at the link in the description of this episode. All right, we have long sleeves, tees, hoodies, and a whole lot more. All right, so feel free to check out the link in the description of this episode. But just like that, we're going to jump right in. We have Tiffany on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate uh, you for asking. I appreciate you uh, for coming on the show. But if you could, all right, if you could, just introduce yourself, tell the world uh, what it is that you do and the value that you provide. All right. I am Tiffany King. I am a wife and a mom of three little ones. I just had my third back in May. And I help coach aspiring virtual assistants uh, right now over on VA Like a Mother. And what I do is help moms who desire to stay at home with their kids be able to find a way to do that through virtual assisting. Okay, okay. And first thing first, of course, uh, definitely want to say congratulations on the newborn. Thank um, you. It's funny, you know, when we were first, you're welcome. It's funny when we were first talking, you were saying um, that you were on a maternity leave, you know, for a couple of months. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I don't want to catch you at a bad time, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, thankful um, that you came on the show. Um, but if you could, right, just explain to people um, how you got started um, in the virtual assistant space. Yeah, so back in 2018, when I had my first, he had just turned a year old, um, and in all transparency, we weren't doing too well financially. So my husband was like, hey, babe, you're going to have to go back to work. I know you love being at home with your son, with our son, but you're going to have to go back. And I applied for some jobs, but I was like, I really don't want to have to put my son in child care. So somehow I found out about virtual assisting and um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give myself 30 days to land a client. And if I don't, then I'll go ahead and I'll go back into the job force. And I'm going to give myself 15 days to launch this business. So that way I have another 15 days to find a client. So I launched that business August 15th, 2018, after July, I think it was July 31st when I made the decision to go ahead and start. And eight days later, I got my first client and I've been virtual assisting ever since. Mm. Okay. So one thing I took note of too, is like you gave yourself a deadline, right? You First you said 30 days slash a month and then you chopped in half to 15, right? And, and obviously there was, there was two of them. So what made you decide to be that urgent with your deadline? Um, I think it was because if I knew my type of personality, I get in my head a lot and I like things to be perfect. And I knew if I waited, then I was never going to start and the time and the money was winding down. So I was like, look, Tiff, it's either you make it happen or you go back to work. So the the, the pressure you feel like was definitely there. But but what but what made you like um how'd you find virtual assistant as opposed to anything else like Airbnb or Toro or whatever? Like what was it about um the virtual assistant part that either you kind of um learned about? Like did anyone introduce you to it or what? I think I was Googling one day, like how to work from home, probably Pinteresting, since I'm always on Pinterest. And I saw that um, people were doing it. I didn't see at the time a lot of people were doing it, but I had um, a background in admin and marketing and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I can I can do that. All I got to do is just find the person. Give me the person and I can do it. Hmm. So how, how did you, so that's nothing too, right? And again, you said 30 days, which in essence, to be honest with you, isn't that long, which is actually, you know, a good thing. You know, so how did you find, how did, I guess, how did you build uh, trust, if you will? Like how, how, how was it reaching out to potential clients? 
So I, I will be honest, my first client was an old college friend. I put some hype around me, maybe launching something, something's going on on social media. Then the day I launched, I mean, I was like, yeah, I launched. Look at me. Look at my business. Um, if you know anybody, please send them my way. And that um, friend or classmate reached out and was like, hey, I might have something for you. Let's talk. And so I made sure that I had my stuff in order so that way when I showed up, I didn't look super amateur. Um, and yeah, it, she was my very first client. And it's cool, too, that you said that one, because it was someone that, you know, you knew. But also, too, you utilize social media, right, mm -hmm. to kind of get the word out? Yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. Mostly um, Instagram and Facebook. Okay, okay, okay. Um, now, I got to ask, and I, you know, what exactly does a virtual assistant do? So thankfully, nowadays, virtual assistant is so broad. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly, most people think of people who provide, like, admin work remotely. So you're thinking of someone who might answer your e check your emails, who might um, put up some social media for you, do light admin work for you, and you can do it from the comfort of your home anywhere in the world, really. Um, and it's just basically being an assistant, an administrative assistant to a business owner. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And do you feel like there's like a lot of um, systems that need to be in place in order to become a virtual assistant? Because obviously, if you're doing these types of admin work, you're probably someone who needs to be organized, right? Yeah, for the most part you do. But one thing I will say that I love about this industry is it's so gracious. So you can learn as you go, but you do have to have like some sort of organization in the background. Uh, the people who do well are the ones who probably came from the admin world. Um, but now I will say, like I said, since it's so broad now, um, a lot of people come in just doing social media or they might do graphic design. So right now, virtual assisting is starting to look very, um, it's not so niche down anymore. It's starting to be very inclusive. So anybody who has any type of background, as long as you can find a business owner to support, you can call yourself a virtual assistant. Mm, okay, okay. And, and do you recommend, I guess on the flip side, do you recommend, I mean, your answer may be a little biased here, but do you recommend that business owners have some sort of virtual assistant? I guess explain the benefits of having one. Yeah. So one of the benefits of having a virtual assistant is that when you're a business owner, you got so many moving parts going on. And so some things might fall through the cracks or you might be finding yourself burnt out. So one of the things is that you get to delegate, honestly, as a business owner, the things you don't really like to do. You're not really that great at doing the things you don't want to do. So then that way you can focus as a business owner on the things that bring you money, that bring you joy and the reason why you started your business in the first place. Because, you know, I feel like maybe as an entrepreneur, a lot of people, um, you know, they start to realize that time really is their biggest no asset, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you wear a lot of different hats and things like that. But at, at the same time, we always say you, you can only go where your feet are, right? Exactly. So do you feel like being a virtual assistant, you've definitely um, been able to provide like some much needed support to business owners? Oh, yeah, for sure. I give them their time back. That's like the number one thing that they say. They're like, thank you. You know, you're an extra hands or feet or, you know, whatever. You help me to trim my time down tremendously. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean to you as well, though, right? You're, you're in a business where um, serving and improving the lives of others really is key, right? So what does that kind of mean to you? Um, it, I've always, by nature, been someone who loves to support people. So just to hear that I can help someone get their time back or be able to spend time with their family, I'm really big on family, that means a lot to me. And it also helps me in my business because 
seeing other business owners um, value their time so much helps me to, in my own business, value my own time and put those boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a good word, boundaries. So how do you balance um, just the idea, not just work and life, but the idea of being a virtual assistant, right, as well as being a parent? Because it's one thing to be an assistant <laughs> to a business <laughs> owner, but I'm sure it's a lot different than being a parent to a human being. So how do you feel like you you balance those two spaces? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, for one thing, I tell I have to be upfront and um, communicate well with my clients. So all of my clients know, look, I got kids, they're at home. Um, and so I have certain hours in place. Um, I, you know, don't take phone calls after a certain time. Also, I've kind of like, quote unquote, trained my kids, my oldest just turned five, that mommy works during this time, you know, if you see mommy on a meeting, we don't talk. So there's a lot of communication and systems and routine and rhythms that have to happen up front. So that way everyone is on the same page. Do you feel like it's it's extremely like convenient to be able to work from home and, and something like this and truly being a virtual assistant? I really, really do. Um, I love that, especially in the beginning when I just had one child, um, I could be, you know, it's different with three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, you know, I can get off a meeting with a client and then like right after go and take my son to the library for story time. Like it was very much, I could um, live my life on my own terms. Sure, I was supporting somebody else, but the money that they were paying me was also supporting me to be able to live the life that I wanted to create for my family. And also too, um, is it possible really, I know it is, but talk to me too about having potentially more than one client at a time. Is that something that um, you feel like you may have dealt with? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I have. I think I've had up to, I think five or six clients at a time. Wouldn't recommend that um, with littles, but um, definitely again, it goes back to that communication, back to that organization and having rhythms and routine in place, um, knowing how much I could stretch myself, what I can do within a day. Uh, was really helpful. Mm, okay, okay. And are there like any, I guess, specific apps or, or system in place that you have used that you feel like have, have deemed to be pretty useful? Yeah, so when I first started off, I was an hourly virtual assistant. Now I charge by, uh, by project. But one thing that was really good was a, um, it was called Toggle. That helped me to track my time and also helped to the clients to see what they were spending their money on as far as time because I can put in the project that I was working on, push start, work on it, stop when I stopped. Um, another good app was um, Calendly. And that's where people can schedule to, you know, have time with you, talk with you. It's like a virtual calendar. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, like Google, the Google suite and like Canva, if you're going to do things like graphic design, even for your own business and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, the big things, ClickUp, Asana, Airtable, Trello. There's so many. You can get, you can go down the rabbit hole with all these apps. Yeah. And, stuff. and the good thing about that, too, is like we always got to remember that, you know, your phone can really be a, a powerful tool if you allow it to be. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so much information um, at your fingertips, but it's just our job to really utilize it to the best of our ability. Um, right. So how, how do you feel like you did, you know, you kind of discovered some of these apps, right? Obviously you mentioned they're useful to you, but like, was there ever a point where like you just Googled them or someone put you on game or like you just tried it and, you know, it worked out? <laughs> well, one good thing about the virtual assistant world, it is so big, but it is so supportive. Um, and I'm in quite a few groups and network with a lot of people. 
And so you kind of start to see the same apps pop up. And so I will Google them or I might even ask, hey, I need help tracking my time and tracking my projects. Does anybody have anything that they recommend? Um, so, yeah, I get a lot of a lot of people will share other stuff. You just have to be careful not to get like that shiny object syndrome and be downloading like all the apps for all the things. So, yeah. Why say that? Um, just because, for instance, ClickUp versus Asana versus the next thing, whatever comes out, you will be jumping all over the place. And sometimes it's best just to be a master of one instead of always jumping on like the new trend. It's better to like master that one thing down um, and have that for your clients instead of, you know, switching around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. And also, too, there's like a level of, I feel like consistency, you know, if mm-hmm. you're a master of one thing, that means you know more about it, obviously. And, you know, you kind of work from there. Yeah. Um, but you, you mentioned the idea of, you know, the virtual assistant space and everyone is kind of close knit in a way. Um, is there, or have you noticed, um, I won't say average age, but like, are there younger, like, I guess, what is, is there, is there a, a age requirement? Like, do you have to be a certain age or do you feel like any and everyone can really become um, a virtual assistant? Obviously if they put in, you know, necessary work and things of that nature. Yeah, any and everyone, honestly, one of the groups I'm in is like 100,000 people. And I see men, women, I see women, like older people, I see people that's like 18, they're like, look, I got to pay for college. So, Mm. you know, I'm going to be a virtual assistant. I see moms, dads, singles, married, all all across the board. Mm. And do you you think, um, do you need a degree to become a virtual assistant? Oh, no, not at all. That's one thing I love about it. Not at all. Hmm. So that's convenient. You know, you obviously save on, you know, student loans. And that's something that, of course, um, <laughs> right. you know, a lot of people are, you know, dealing with, of course, with the, the recent news. Um, right. So how, how did how did you learn, though? Right. How, how did um, eventually you kind of learn as well as, you know, kind of brush up on your skills? So I um, love Google University. Um, so I Googled a lot. And then when I got to a point in my business where I could, I started to invest in a couple of coaches just to help me brush up more on my service skills um, and to market myself better and to price myself better. Mm. I was going to say, you mentioned Google University, but um, YouTube as well. Yes. You know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, it's funny too, I think like when you kind of, I won't say make it to the top, but when you reach a certain level, it's like you really appreciate, you know, the, the, the apps like, you know, Google um, and YouTube and, and things like that. So, um, but I know you mentioned, um, you know, you've been doing this now since what, August 15th, 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And so just the idea. Oh, yeah. I listen. I listen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just the just the idea of like transitioning right from being a virtual assistant. Right. To now coaching and, and, and leading the way for other virtual assistants in the game. So um, how has that process been for you? It has been it still blows my mind, honestly. Um, again, like I told you, I am pretty much an open book. So I just shared my journey online as it was happening because I was just so excited. Um, and then I shared a YouTube video randomly was just like, Hey, this is how you become a virtual assistant. Left it alone. I think I recorded that in 2019, 2020 happened. And then all of a sudden that video got so many views. I had people DM me, email me, message me, Hey, how can I do this too? And so I was like, why not tell other people that, Mm -hmm. you know, that this is, this is possible. I think a lot of people just don't know that it's possible. Mm. Now I got to ask. When people first asked you for more information, what was your immediate response versus what was your response, let's say, six months later? Was there? Um, a- there's definitely a difference. For I will say at first, it was just like, 
uh, like, why are you asking me? Like, who am I? Mm -hmm. Um, And I would point them to other people. Now it's more so like, okay, you guys actually trust me. I have helped a few people become virtual assistants. So now I have a, a bit more confidence in showing women that they can do it. If I can do it in 15 days, you can do it in 15 days. So definitely a, a big difference in confidence for me. And you meant, okay, yeah, let, let, let's let's touch on that even more, right? You mentioned the 15 days and before, you know, this idea of you were giving yourself a 30-day window. Um, and that that's a very small time frame. I, I'll repeat that again, but that's a very, very small time, which is a good thing, right? Because I always say too, like, we always talk about, you know, generational wealth from like a long-term standpoint, which is good, you know, years and decades and all that. But at the same time, some people need to be, quote, unquote, saved now, right? Mm-hmm. Some some people, you know, need to pay their rent by this month. So I think it's important for us to really kind of um, zoom in, if you will. A lot of people say zoom out, but also zoom in and like, okay, what are some ways that, you know, you can really change your life today? What are some ways that you can change your life within um, a 24-hour span? So how do you feel like you were able to do that? Obviously not the 24-hour, but just, you know, a month and 15 days. What are some things that you may feel like you should tell others that are looking to really kind of um, change things um, quickly, I'll say. Yeah, I think it goes back to that. It's super cliche, but like, you know, once if, what is it? Um, sometimes you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. I was at the end. It was like, we have no more. Like Tiffany, you're going to have to go back to work. And just me thinking, oh my gosh, I got to put my son in childcare. Nothing wrong with childcare, but I didn't want to at the time. Um, like it really gave me that drive. And so, I had to shut off the perfectionist Tiffany, the one that wanted to have the nice website. I'm going to be super transparent. I couldn't even afford a website. I had a Spark Adobe page and all I did was mask that little, you know, www.adobe.123758, like just, you know, and sent that out there and was like, this is all I got. And so not saying you have to put out sloppy work, but literally just do your best and show up as much as you, as you, as best as you can. Um, and then, yeah, once you, if you got that drive in you and you got that kind of like desperation, you will figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, that's real. That, that's, that's very real. It's like failure can kind of be inspirational. It's like when you're that close to the edge and like the only option you have is to keep going or the only option you have is to be successful. That in itself um, should motivate you to want to keep going. Um, but even, you know, kind of in saying that, um, the idea of, again, I know I keep mentioning the, the whole month thing and things like that. But I think the the good thing to know about your story is that you gave yourself a deadline. You did, right? A lot, a lot of you know books and um or whatever will try and give it to people that read it that type of time frame. But what did it mean to you to know that you yourself gave yourself that type of time frame? And obviously, your situation was a little unique because you feel like you had to. But even still, yeah, I um first of all, it showed me that I can do way more than I think I'm capable of but it also helps me um to let people know that hey you can do this like no excuses really honestly like um it's life-changing um and it just showed me other things like I can do other things I can do hard things I can do things quickly and it opened my eyes to realize I can create money for myself yeah. if that makes sense mm. no it does it- Hey, I'm the financialist Abby, so I did that. <laughs> so, uh, but but how did that feel too, right? Because I mean, you mentioned the idea of like you know you were working before, but then I guess realizing that um, you know you can make money for yourself as well. That was empowering, honestly. At first, it was a little scary, um, but then the more clients I got, I was like, wow, there is no cap. There's no ceiling 
to this versus, you know, when I had a job before it was based off of, you know, like my degree and, you know, my performance at work. And this time it's like, I can work as much or as little as I need to. Um, and I can charge, not really charge as much as I want to, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no, um, cap there. I don't have to stop at like 40 K a year, 50 K a year. As long as I put in the work and work as hard as I want to, there's, there's no ceiling. Right. There's no, so yeah, when you're in, you know, in that type of field, just anything like that, when you're, when you're selling something, when you're providing a service, there's no real sin. But now I have to ask, talk to me too about the opposite. Right. The, I won't say the the bad days, but it's the idea of like, even though there's no ceiling, um, there's also no floor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and anything. This is this is a question that's beyond virtual assistant. Right. This is just anything. Anytime you're a full time like entrepreneur, you know, this is also an area where like, it's like um, if you don't work, you don't eat. Literally. Right. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to like like you? It's almost like you can't really be completely lazy. You got to work up, work, you know, get up and, and work it out every single day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you said, you can't be lazy when you know that you are the one who's paying you, so to speak. I mean, yeah, your clients, but it's you. Um, then that makes you want to get up and hustle because for think about it, the pandemic, I started this business in 2018, yep. 2020 hit. That was very real for a lot of business owners, a lot of virtual assistants. A lot of people were like, hey, I don't want to spend this money or I can't spend this money. So I need to put you on pause. You know, thankfully, I was blessed to where it didn't really affect me too, too much. But I mean, that's very it was very scary for a while. Yeah, I feel like, though, like with the pandemic, a virtual assistant. The timing wise, that may have been again, I, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not in the space, but like just considering like certain options that if everyone is working from home, more people may need assistance and things like that. I don't know. It's just the idea of like I feel like identifying your situation and then moving accordingly or actually identifying the world's situation and then moving accordingly, right? So even in stating that, um, what would you say are some type of ideal clients um, that maybe either you have worked with or you may have heard that other people have worked with, um, some some spaces that they are in that may, may need virtual assistance? For sure. Um, definitely the solopreneurs that are burnt out, the ones that like, if you're staying up to like, five, six in the morning, like consistently all the time, you're not getting any sleep. Um, you might want to hire a virtual assistant. It's really one thing, like I said, I love about this world is all across the board, anyone needs a virtual assistant. There is no field or business that doesn't need one. If you need someone to handle your back end, so that way you can have more time, that way you can make more money, then definitely, you definitely need one. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, we all need help. Right. I know everyone wants to be in a solopreneur and stuff, but like eventually, you know, you everyone needs some sort of rest. Right. Like, yeah. again, you can only go where your feet are. You can't work 24 seven. That's a tough thing for people to accept. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, virtual assistants kind of come into play. So is it more of like you reaching out to them or them reaching out to you? Is it, by, is it a, a mixture of both? Um, I guess what type of. I guess marketing is required kind of thing. Or honestly, is it testimonials? Is it referrals? Is it all the above? It's all of the above. I mean, in the beginning, you do got to work hard. You probably have to reach out to people. But what will help you with that too is if you do have an online presence, you have a, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a website. I have one because I think it's just nice, just so it makes you look more professional. But if you can somehow show your expertise somewhere, 
And for me, that was social media. So I documented my journey. I showed my client wins when I, after I had my first client, um, that will help you to stand out. But then also too, you can't get lazy. You still need to reach out to people. But then I also tell people something that's very important. You got that client, don't get lazy. Give them such an amazing experience that you will have referrals. I'll be honest, my first, I think four or five clients were straight referrals. Like I didn't even have to work for them. It was like, I got that first client and they just kept sending me other people. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. Like the people that will end up like paying you and stuff, it won't always come from like a cold marketing kind of thing. It won't always just come from like you emailing them or, 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 or calling, whatever. Doing a good job, to to your point, can 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 be a good thing. So, talk to me too about the the power of over delivering, right? It's not just about getting a deal or a client, but when you've dealt with them, you you know obviously have done a good job because they referred you. So, what does that mean too to kind of like either over deliver or actually try your best to do a great job when an opportunity has been presented to you? Yeah, it's definitely a great incentive. Um, it keeps you, like you said, being referred to gets you a great reputation and it's something about having that great reputation you want to keep um and then you start to um realize just how far great customer service goes so then you start recognizing when you get great customer service you know and stuff like that hmm. do you need a team to be a virtual assistant can you no. no i mean you can have one it makes it easier i'm not there yet but um yeah i gotta say i i guess my question is do virtual assistants need virtual assistance yeah one of my clients i was a subcontractor for um she had a lot and actually she was going on maternity leave and so i worked with her for a few months and then yeah i worked for somebody else who was like look i just got way too many clients so mm. he helped me out mm. and you know though talk to me about that as well just accepting the fact of having too many clients right because yeah. you know obviously money is money right we all adults but at the same time, maybe if you take on too much of your plate, is that a real thing? Can you actually take on too much you know, on your plate and have too many clients? Yeah, I actually did that right after I had my second son. I jumped back out of maternity leave like this and I went full force. Um, and before I knew it, I was burnt out. I had too many clients and I noticed that my quality was starting to slip a little bit. And I was starting mm -hmm. to, you know, even resent the clients that I was blessed to have just because mm -hmm. I had so much on my plate and that. That was an eye opener for me, too, because I think I started getting a little greedy. Like, you know, again, when you don't have that ceiling, you also don't realize that sometimes you need to just take a pause and just enjoy where you're at right now instead of keep chasing the dollar. Um, and so, yeah, it was very eye opening. Wow. That, that's a OK. 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 So I right, so like this. The lesson has been learned, though. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I just wanted to ask that because, you know, now with the timing of it, you know, again, being, um, you know, uh, dealing with maternity leave again. Cool. Okay. We, we, we got that. Uh, <laughs> so I guess to even, even going off that, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned from being a virtual assistant? Hmm. Biggest lesson. That is a really good question. I would say the biggest lesson is how much in control I have of time, but yet also at the same time, how much I don't have control of time. Like I only have 24 hours a day. And I can do whatever I could in that 24 hours a day. But at the end of the day, I still only got 24 hours. And so I need to recognize that I am limited to that 24 hours and make sure that I use it intentionally to serve both my clients, actually my clients, my family, and myself. Hmm. You mentioned 24 hours. So I got to ask, how important is time to you? Um, 
after being in this world very much very much um i was given my at one point i was given my clients their time back but it was taken away from mine so i had to learn how to balance the two especially as a as a mom with three young kids mm-hmm. but i mean also also too it's like you know because you know it's virtual and you may be able to work from home people may think it's you know easy 24 7 but it's still a job right yeah. even even to anyone that's like a full-time entrepreneur it's like you're i feel like you're always going to work in this life you are yeah. right like you now it's a difference between working for someone else versus working for, for yourself but you're like it, it's very tough to avoid working and you know what i'm saying but at the same time surviving um so do you ever feel like you had to balance the two and like i've, I've talked to a lot of people that obviously that came on the show like they say they'll have hours right whether it's nine to five ten to six whatever do you feel like you've you bent that your your, your personal hours like if you wake up and say all right i'm working for six hours today do you end up working seven and a half Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. How how have you dealt with that though? Do you do you go back to the drawing board and say, okay, I got to be more firm with that? Yeah, for sure. It goes back to that boundaries, and even at some point, I had to increase my pricing too because yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just getting ready to ask off the follow up. So it's like, if you decide to work less hours. Right, it's for burnout, whatever. I mean, still your life, right? If you decide to work less hours, does that mean at least for you, you can, you know, bump up the 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 request on the back end? I can. I can get crazy, you know, like people. Right, like, right, right. That's why. That's why I said there's a difference between. Like, you know, <laughs> all right, I say, you know, all right, we're gonna work for twenty minutes and we're gonna try something crazy, but you know, yeah, a gradual thing, or it's like, okay, yeah. here's what we can cut out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and that and has that been something that. Um, maybe not necessarily you deal with often, but it's the idea of like, because it's all a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, numbers and things like that. So do you feel like that's something that you've had to um, deal with before, right? Just like, at what point do you kind of make that change? Um, yeah, and actually, uh, I just had to do that. I came back from oh. maternity leave and realized, hey, Tiff, you haven't raised your price in two years. Like, mm. wow. Okay, let's. it's time. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so oh, man, and you, and you bring up a good point, that, uh, the idea of raising prices is like, with the way inflation is, you really don't have a choice <laughs> but to rate. It, it sucks because people may look at you as being a bad person. Don't blame me, right? Blame blame the world for, you know, being in, 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 in a society where they are printing money left and right. So it's like if everything else costs money, then it's not a bad thing for you to feel like you have to increase the same way the world has. You know what I'm saying? And that you're still... In business, you know, number one goal of business is to, you know, make money. Obviously, you know, you want to serve and help people, but there's no dodging that element to it. So let's take it from the top, right? Let's say someone came to you and said they are interested in starting, right, a virtual assistant business, right? What would be the first thing you tell them? Let's 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 walk through that process. If I came to you and said, okay. I am interested in becoming a virtual assistant and it is just me. I don't have that much experience. What what, what would you uh, recommend? How would it, what would be the first thing they do? First thing I would do is make sure that they um, understand what a virtual assistant is. Um, so that way they're not, you know, thinking one thing and it's something else. And then I would ask them to identify their skill sets or experience that they have and whatever field they come from. Because once we can figure out their skill sets and what experience they do have, we can then tailor their business 
to those that skill set and um, that industry or whatever experience they have. Okay, so let's say a person like wrote down all of, all of like what they're good at, right? Like <laughs> really very informal. Let's say they wrote it down in their notes app on their phone. Yeah. Right, they wrote it down. Um, what would you say um, should be after that? Should they look more towards like okay, um, like watch YouTube videos or podcasts, or should it be like what other um, people should be talked to specifically, whether it's client wise or should they focus on what they got going on internally or what, what else after that? I think what they should do focus definitely always, you're going to have to work on things you're, you know, internally, you know, cause you're going to have that fear, that imposter syndrome, that is this going to work for me? Am I going to make money? Um, should I quit my job first? Don't do that. Keep your job, um, <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, but then from there, I will have them list out the services that they want to provide um, mm. because there's no sense in you know trying to find clients and then being like I'll do whatever you want me to do like you want to have those boundaries mm. well what, what, I guess what, what I guess what are some of the main I mean you touched on it a little bit before but what were some of the main I guess popular and more common tasks slash responsibilities that someone may be asked now again I, maybe maybe it's different right depending on the client and things like that but is there anything that you feel like may be standard for someone that's just trying to get their feet wet yeah, for sure. A lot of people in the beginning, if they want to hire a general virtual assistant, they're going to most likely ask that you handle their email inbox. Um, they might ask, sometimes they might have you get on the phone to do like light customer service. I've never had to do that. I was up front and always been like, hey, I got a kid. You're going to hear them screaming. So I'm not doing that. Um, they might have you lately. I've seen a lot of people saying, can you post for me on social media? Like I'll provide the graphics. Can you just put it on there for me? Um, a lot of people might have you respond to customers in the Facebook group or stuff like that. So like anything that you would do in an office, um, you know, maybe send out invoices, maybe go in and help with their systems if you're good with that. Something more so like, um, can you just take this off my task list? It literally can be anything. But the most mm -hmm. basics of the basics is usually anything you would see somebody do, like a receptionist or an admin assistant in like a business those are the skill sets that really can get you in the door. Okay. And I have to ask this, you know, don't, don't, don't say a number, but how would one determine what they should price their services for? Is it should, should, you know, do, would you recommend they wait until the client reaches back to them? Or do you think that upfront it should be stated like, okay, like should, should it be a package that they're offering, if you will, right? Here's my services. Here's what I can do. You let me know, or should it be vice versa when you're, I guess, negotiating or waiting on a certain client to get you back? Should you wait on what they say? So it can go both ways. I recommend you having your packaging um, mm -hmm. so that way you know how much you're going to settle for and not settle for. And that way, too, you don't have to worry about the haggling of pricing. Um, because I think one thing in this world is um, virtual assistant world is we have a habit of charging too low. So mm -hmm. we'll go with the lowest number. And I think, um, you know, people, you know, it's convenient for business owners sometimes. I'm um, not saying that they do it on purpose, but you know, you're thinking about your business. Um, so I would start off with whether it's hourly or per project or however you want to do it, definitely have a set number. Okay. And how, and how does, um, I guess, one, stay organized with all this, right? I'm, I'm assuming, so I'm assuming too, at some point, they're probably going to either create an Instagram account, right? And kind of post, the fact that they're doing it or whatever the case may be. Um, but how does one reach out, whether it be through email, 
uh, maybe cold calling or whatever the case may be? Is there some sort of structure that should happen? Yeah. So if, um, like, let's say you're not having anybody reach out to you. Um, I have, honestly, if especially that's one good thing about being on social media, um, especially in certain Facebook groups, is people will say, hey, I'm looking for someone to help me with this. They might not necessarily say, I'm looking for a virtual assistant, but they might be like the client I reached out to in the very beginning. She was like, I need somebody to transcribe all of this, um, these audio files I have. Um, and so I like slid in there, found her email address and was like, hey, I seen that you need help with this and went on from there. Mm. It's funny that you say that too, because like you, like if anytime I feel like you see someone stating that they have a problem, the next step is like in order to get paid is being able to provide a solution. And so, do you feel like, um, you know, in, in in the role that you're in and the role that you have other people with, it's that simple to its core? Not necessarily saying the job is simple, but just the 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 headline, right? Identify a problem, provide a solution. Yeah. Pretty much, mm. pretty much straightforward, just like that. Mm. And you mentioned too, uh, uh, the social media component. Um, do you think that's some, something that um, a lot of younger, I guess, or, or, or people that are heavily um, involved in like the social media space could, could also be involved in? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so you can leverage social media so well in this industry, especially using it as a way to show your expertise. You might not be someone who's aspiring to be a social media manager, but you can still show. I have people who have, or just regular general admin assistants, and they'll put, you know, content out there like, what can a virtual assistant do for you? Or they'll share, this is what I did with my client. And she was so happy. Look at what she said or things like that, or how to better organize your time, how to better organize your back end. So you can use social media as kind of like your portfolio too, if you don't have a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, that was going to be a good point, too, that I want to bring up as well. How important has social media impacted your business? Oh, wow. so important. You first started becoming a virtual assistant to now, coaching to now, probably doing both, all that. Oh, yeah, it has been helpful. I don't think I would have would be where I am or have gotten my clients so quickly without social media. Mm. Mm. And even, you know, you, you touched on, too, the idea of if it's, a, I think, an hour, hourly assignment or like a uh, a general a general uh project mm-hmm. right so establishing the difference between the two how 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 is that is that something that you kind of confirm uh with a client first and foremost or or what's what's kind of the process that goes into something like that yeah so it depends if they reach out to you you kind of let them know like hey i have an hourly rate or a project rate now if you're like applying like applying to a job um, they'll probably have a specified on there like, hey, I want to pay this amount an hour or I'm looking just to have a flat, pay this flat fee. Um, I started off as hourly and then realized I was working way too fast. <laughs> so mm. then I did it per project. Mm. You say you're working way too fast, not necessarily too too hard. So what do you yeah. mean by that? So for instance, some tasks in the beginning took me a long time. I had to learn the ropes. I had to learn how that client does things. So like, let's say if it took me two hours to get through her email list, um, eventually I knew how she wanted things done. I can knock that out in like maybe hour, hour and a half. And so now I'm putting on there that I only worked an hour and a half versus before I was working two hours and getting paid for two hours. Now I'm getting paid for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So I ended up like, if she paid me 10 hours a month, I'm getting through stuff quicker. She's like, oh, we still got three hours. She's giving me more work because she paid for 10 hours. And so eventually um, I learned, okay, let me just do a package. I'll do all of this 
for this amount of money. Hmm. Okay, and, and, and even in saying that, too, obviously, you know, ending on the money tip, how exactly is that, I guess, transferred or how is it paid throughout? Is it really just a simple, are right, you send them an invoice, bada boom, bada bang, or is there something else that's, I guess, kind of out of the, the ordinary? No, so I just basically, like, for instance, I, you know, handle my client's social media. I say, hey, we're doing X amount of posts, X amount of captions, hashtag stories, all the whole shebang. You get all of this for this amount of money. Hmm. Okay, so it's, it's already lined up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's cool to tell to, to you mentioned that, too. I mean, obviously, we talk about social media. And now I'm sure that's um, something that your potential, I guess, students, not even just your clients, but students will appreciate. So what when your when your students watch this video, or what what's something you think, um, or what's something that you want them to know? What's something that you you'd want them to kind of be more aware of? As far as like for the pricing, or just in general? Well, well just in general, any, any anything that you you know you think would help them in the in the VA space? Yeah, just know that it gets sometimes you see people charging for less. There's a big thing where people are going overseas for virtual assistant help because it's substantially cheaper. Just know that you don't have to lower your rates that low um, and that people get what they pay for. And just because they might come at you and say, well, I can get this for that much over there, then, then they're not your client. You don't want somebody who you got to convince you're worth to because then they're, they're going to be a pain in the butt yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. amazing too, if, if you keep dropping the number lower and lower, now again you're just going to burn yourself out, and then ultimately, will it even be worth it? Exactly, you know, money wise as well as stress. Yeah. Um, but I asked that question, you know, about um, you know, the people that you've helped kind of break into the space as well, because it leads me to the final question, right? Um, you mentioned the idea of you know you getting into virtual assistant August twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. You're fresh off um, maternity leave. Congratulations again. Thank um, you. All that just the the amount of time. It took you, you know, a little over four years now. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you made the transition too, not just to to have a virtual assistant business, but to now also help people along the way. Um, and I think that's the ultimate definition of defining your legacy, right? Um, and I say all that, right? I, I, I word it all up into that is because it leads me to the final question I have for you. And that question that I have is a question I ask everyone that's been on defining legacy. And that question is, how do you want to be remembered? Ooh, very good question. I want to be remembered as someone who stewarded her time her and her resources well to where um, anybody who's come in contact with me, but especially my husband and my children, said they were blessed to um, have me in their life and to be in contact with me. I want to leave everybody um, a little better or a little happier um, or a little bit more encouraged than before they've ever talked to me or met me. So. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, you know, because the thing is, you know, obviously with this being a financial literacy podcast, but also that question is meant to be a reminder, you know, that everyone has um, an expiration date and even with our pursuits of financial literacy and improving our lives from a money perspective, just kind of taking a step back and, and actually um, realizing where we're at, where we want to be, and more importantly, I guess, where we've been. Um, so, uh, if you could, right, just, uh, drop your social media, right? Like where can people find you, um, drop your website as well. Um, any type of information that you want people to know and, um, contact info and things like that. Yeah. So you can find me at VA like a mother for, uh, tips on how to become a virtual assistant. So that way you can stay at home with your littles. 
Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Tiffany King. Um, and right now, you can go to the website, but it's under construction since I just came back from maternity leave. But it's www.tiffanyp, as in Paul, that's not my middle name, tiffanypking.com. Okay, okay. Um, and on the Fighting Legacy front, y'all, make sure you subscribe to Theus Elijah on YouTube. All right, follow Define Your Legacy on Instagram as well as Facebook. Follow DYL Podcast on Twitter, Theus Elijah on TikTok. All right. And last but not least, just as a reminder, all episodes of Defining Legacy drop every Thursday morning at 824 a.m. Eastern. All right. Every episode of Defining Legacy drop every Thursday at 824 a.m. Eastern. All right. And before we let you go, Tiffany, need you to do at least one more favor if you could. All right. Close us out if you could. Leave us with some uh, words of wisdom. Do you have any final things that you want to say? And it can be related to, you know, the VA space, or just life or, or anything like that. A lesson you've learned. Um, but what were some final words that you would want to leave um, our Defiant Legacy audience with? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I guess I would say um, it goes back to what you just said at the end. Um, you know, we all have expiration dates. So make sure that um, you steward your time well. Um, and you can do that by best serving yourself, your family, and others. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's important, you know, and um, how you spend your time, um, you know, speaks volumes on what it is that you really want to accomplish. You know, like vacations obviously are cool. They're important. Off time, you need some time to yourself. But for the most part, when you think about it, you know, the 24 hour day is like you want to be as structured and as detailed as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, again, appreciate you again for being on the show. Tiffany it was definitely much appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, it, was, it was a great, great episode. Um, and just like that, y'all. All right, another dope episode of Define Legacy in the books. Just like that, y'all, we gone. Peace.